Hello lovely listeners and welcome back to the Art Saddle Podcast, a podcast for musicians and music lovers and creatives of all type. And this week it's a special in-person podcast for the first time. What? What? I'm joined by my co-host as always, Keenan Flannery. Say hello. So hello, hello. People. What's the story? How are you keeping? Not too bad. And we also have a very special guest, Heather Torkington. Yay. Say hello, Heather. Hi. Hi, everybody. It's good to be here. Yes. Heather well, is a here singer. in your home. So, <laughs> yes, in my home. Yeah. It's good for us to be here too. <laughs> Heather is a singer, uh, a theatrical actor at times, and a drama therapist. She has her own podcast called Real Talk Drama Therapy. <laughs> Isn't that right? Actually got through it this time with like Keenan going, no, yeah. we don't talk about it. Well, this. I'm in your home. I don't want to start trashing yet. Mm. You know what I mean? I was like, I'll be nice. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll put something in the post. Oh. My tag is wrong or something. That's threatening. <laughs> it's a great so, podcast. Yeah. Um, before we get into our chat, though, Keenan, tell the lovely people where they can find us on the socials. You can find us on Facebook and on Instagram at the Art Saddle Podcast. Um, you can, on YouTube, uh, the Art Saddle Podcast as well. Yep. And our Gmail is the Art Saddle at gmail.com. Um, you can send in. Whatever you want, uh, recommendations, um, topics, if you want to be on. And we also have a Patreon. Yes. That's the Art Saddle Podcast or just? The Art Saddle Podcast. Patreon.com forward slash the Art Saddle Podcast. Solid. You can, if you're on our socials in the bios and stuff. And um, yeah, it's deadly, deadly. Um, you, you'll, you'll get a shout out. Um, bonus episodes. Bonus, uh, four bonus episodes a month. Yeah, yeah. So And it's only a euro. So you're basically... It's 25 cents an episode yes. and, you know, we're worth a lot more than that. Exactly, so exactly. you're getting a bargain and yeah. And while we're on that topic. Yeah, I think it's time for a few shout outs. Yes, it is. We announced Ooh. our Patreon last week. How exciting. Yeah. And we already have two patron, patrons, as you could call them. Uh, first was Rob Billington from Woo. the Monster Fuzz podcast. Yes, Rob. Go on, yeah. Rob. Go on, Rob. Go on. Good guy. He has a Monster Fuzz podcast. He's a fellow Wexfordian. I know you love that. Me using that word. I even. love Wexfordian. It's yeah. so funny. So like unself-aware of how uncool you are. Ah, it's look. What's wrong with Wexfordian? Wexfordian. Would that be like me? Well, yeah. Oh, I'm a Dublinese. It's like give it over. Like you're, 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 you're a Jackie. Jackie. Oh, we're in the wrong yeah. place to be talking about that. <laughs> we do have stuff in common. What, what? So am I not, am I a northerner or not? What am I allowed to call myself? I feel like we're too early in the podcast to begin this conversation. <laughs> oh, way too early, way too early. We'll give it a few minutes. We'll come back to our know, patrons wait first. Wait till all the Protestants stop so listening that's... and then we'll start. <laughs> we'll, we'll kick into the fun part. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's Rob Billington from the Monster Fuzz podcast. I've given him a good show. Him, himself and Eamon O'Leal, we talk about cryptids and fast arses and Weetabix and orange juice. You get the references if you listen to it. Go and listen to it. It's a great, great podcast. And also our second patron was the amazing Carol Lewis. And she... Uh, yes, Carol. She supported us there. Carol. She went up to the second tier. I think I, I put a second tier of, I think it was four euro, not expecting anyone to ever go for it. But Carol went for it. And Carol's great. And she's always on my live streams and always sending me nice messages and sending radio requests into uh, Kildare FM for... My songs and things like that. So she's Absolutely. great, great support. That's the support you need. That's exactly. It. Thanks That's very much, Carol. Thanks for Rob as well. And uh, this week, uh, we have a special in-person episode with the lovely Heather Turkington. And yeah. Heather is from 
it's Armagh we're in, isn't it? Yeah. Armagh. I keep, I'm from Armagh, I keep getting mixed up. But um, we're in Armagh and we have a whole host of accents now. I have a Wexfordian accent, of course, mine. Or we'll have New Ross accents. It's different. It's a, there's a distinction between them. Then we have the Jackie, Jackine over here. We speak thick <laughs> fingers accent. And then we have uh, the Nordy over here or a big Nornarn <laughs> accent. On. I'm a big nah, high nah. brown guy yeah, going yeah. on. Um, but yeah, how are you getting on, Heather? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Just had a lovely weekend full of music with these lovely people and lots of other friends. So yeah, tired. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, all good. All good and happy to be here. Yeah. So we came up, we sat around the fire, drank a few cans, acoustic guitars in hand, played a few songs. Had a good old time. Jimmy Keen, what do you think? Oh, it was great crack. Yeah, it was great crack. <laughs> Rowdy world. I'm definitely going to sleep well tonight. Yeah, yeah. Um, go up to all hours. Yeah, my neighbours, yeah, I'm surprised they don't hate me. They've assured me that they don't, so. No, that's really If you did that in Dublin, you'd fucking be bottled milk over the fucking yeah. wall at you, like. <laughs> Shut up now. It's, it's seven o'clock in the evening. Give it over over there. You're a like, bottle of milk. <laughs> a bottle of, bottle bottle of milk. milk. <laughs> Is that, like, is that what you still think we do? Like, are we that far behind? We're still in the 80s. Is that what you said? Bottled, like, no, bottled. Like, oh. <laughs> a bottle of milk. Yeah, I thought you said you throw a bottle of milk over the head. That's what I you? thought you said as well. No way, really. Yeah. yeah. Ah, come on, we actually that far now. <laughs> but yeah, it was nice to get a few people, good people around the fire and sing a few songs and have a few drinks. And it was well needed, I thought, anyway. Well, how do we stage going and all yeah. with our lights and a few lights? Oh, it's, you, you came, it's like a little private concert. You came packing, yeah, <laughs> not in more ways than one. But um, I'm a cold forty-five. You were singing that song last yeah. night, yeah. <laughs> but that fucking stage was great lights, great sound. Um, Billy for all, um, oh, big bass, mm, yeah. Uh, Big Billy bought his bass and it was a super cool song. Yeah. Shout out to Billy. He'd be listening. Billy hey. Loftus. Hey, he Billy. plays bass in the Copper Kelly band. It's only the kind of the two of us so at the kind you all over the weekend. <laughs> it's a great like all guy. the lovely things he said about the podcast. And yeah. we're like, oh, it's kind of nice to hear that. Give us some lovely feedback on Someone's it. listening. Miss <laughs> you. <laughs> Thanks for your matches. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, because Keenan came really equipped with a blow, up pillow, about, a blow up pillow. pillow. About this size, you can't see it if you're just listening, but a very small blow up pillow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he was I, given I a was, mattress. I was full on ready to sleep on the floor. Now, I wouldn't have enjoyed it. That's not the point. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. you. Know what I mean, I was like, I'll close my eyes. I can't feel anything because. Uh, We'll get to that. We'll get to that story oh, later. We'll get to that story in the bonus episode, I think. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't want to miss that one now. But um I'm glad I did. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> you probably could smell it. All right. <laughs> uh, that's giving people notion now what the hell they're talking about. Uh, we have to yeah. So donate. <laughs> but yeah, we'll have a bonus episode coming out. We're gonna record one after this main episode, and that'll be out. I'll release that in a few days' time. For our second Patreon will be free for the masses. But then no on or will we do what do you think you want to go full on out on this bonus episode i suppose so well i don't what's full on out i thought i give 100 percent every time what are you trying no, to say I mean, like, like say stuff we shouldn't shit. be saying in public <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're gonna get us you're gonna get <laughs> us <laughs> deleted from the internet i yeah. know <laughs> yeah, um, we'll see we'll see we'll decide flip a coin on it we'll flip a coin we'll flip a coin but if you if you do want to hear it anyway go to our patreon.com forward slash the heart saddle podcast and you'll find us there and for one euro a month just help support us and podcasts and hopefully we'll help support other musicians and 
podcaster and all kind of stuff as well and we have to crack um, but yeah I suppose we do a little bit of music news so music news with Keenan time hello um, yes it's me Keenan and there was fucking no news this week uh, one thing uh, awfully doing the music festival but even when I read it it's like where is it 20 yeah it's uh, August 2021 but like things seem to be slowly going back like can't they like, I don't know if it's that exciting anymore to see a festival being put on yeah now, depending on the numbers um like it's still pretty cool because it's still a bit of a novelty to be yeah, it still is yeah, yeah to be out to listen to music like at the start we would what we see well ooh, and now they're always like they're never usually festivals they're always just like these like glorified gigs do you know what I mean a few acts and they call it a festival yeah and you yeah. stand in one spot and you can't move like, that's yeah. not really that's what festival. they were saying about the what was that gig that they did their Kamenum. festival Kamenum one Kamenum. and Kamenum. people were like um, putting the pens and they felt like sheep they're herded around no way the pens they tested the sections they tested you going the door and if you didn't have COVID you could go in but you still had to wear a mask and stay in your cube. yeah yeah mm. yeah and they were like oh it went great um, no one got COVID. It's like, yeah, because no one did what they do at festival. Do you know what I mean? Everyone stayed in a group. They all wear a mask. And it's kind of like, you didn't really learn anything from it. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah. oh, no COVID cases. Yeah, because no one mingled. Because it was like, and as well as that, they had like different food joints. So it had like a burger joint and a chicken joint in different areas. And if you're over here, you can't go over to get a burger. You have to only oh. get out your own. You in your section. So it's like, I don't know, maybe just put a festival on, get tested and just let them run wild and see what happens. Mm. Do you know what they did? In, uh, do you know the Download Festival? <clears throat> yeah. It's like a large rock and metal festival in England. Of course, England kind of just went gung-ho. We're all we're opening up completely. All this kind of stuff there recently. So we'll see how that goes. But um, what the Download England. Festival did was... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am not England, personally. It's not England. <laughs> but, um, basically, they test you on the gate and if you find... You're in the door, you take a mask off, and it's like it's like pre-virus times inside. It was just free for all. It was like a normal music festival. And it seemed there wasn't like that was a few weeks ago, so we would have heard of any major fallout yeah. from it. So I don't haven't heard anything negative coming from it. That's good. It's good. Mm. Like of course there was the Stendhal Festival up here in the north a few weeks ago. You were at it. Yeah, I was working at it. So yeah, it's been going for about 10 years now, but they tried last year to do it and it was kind of all systems go until the last second and then it was the the plug was pulled, which was sad because um, there's been so much work that was gone into it. But we got to do it this year and it was just unbelievable. I spent the whole weekend just nearly in tears because there was people mm. listening to music and live music. And, you know, we still had kind of precautions in, pa- in place and there was mass and there was social distance and all the rest of it but we were still mingling and just enjoying kind of life almost the way it was yeah. and yeah it was it was just unbelievable to be there so yeah there's going to be another yeah because it was kind of like lower capacity people so I think it was like a quarter of the people that would usually have been there was actually allowed in and um, that was one of the the precautions that they'd taken. So there's going to be another weekend, the 12th to the 14th of August. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Where is Stendhal? It's so. in Limavati. So like way, way up north. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Near the beach kind of thing. Yeah. Down by the beach. <laughs> Down by the beach with the bacon. I keep hitting my microphone. 
Um, <laughs> no, it's kind of deadly, and that's a cool little idea. Um, it might be a little. I think more people will come onto that train of instead of trying to like put on a big festival, and then it just being fucking canned at the minute, the last minute, like splitting it up and having like like a four week long festival where mm. like every weekend different acts and you can all you can only buy one ticket set yeah so then more people can go and it kind of it almost i don't know if that's financially more viable as yeah. well so no. you could almost get actually more people in mm. what, what was the capacity the oh i'm not sure how many were there numbers wise i just know it was like a quarter of what it what it would have been but it was a lovely wee feel to it as well because it was almost like a community then like you know, just that smaller, kind of more intimate feel yeah. to it. Um, so of no. you had the, the live music vibe and everyone kind of gelling together to hear the, you know, hear the music, and yeah. the atmosphere. And everyone was just like, it was like we were just like let out for the day. Like we were just so delighted. Everyone was just delighted. Mm. So it was a lovely feel around the place as well. So ah, that's great. Yeah. Can't wait to get to a, a gig. Yeah. I was like, actually telling you about metal gigs. <laughs> yeah. We need to experience a metal gig. It's nothing like it. Like, yeah. so I, can't wait I to could get back only to imagine you would have been a gig. It would be the funny. But I feel like you'd get into it. Like it's freaky at the start. I feel like because I haven't been to loads. I've been to a few underground stuff, but n- not many. Fibber like, McGee's and Fibber McGee's, yeah, and, yeah. but not many like big kind of head big names. Like a, yeah. yeah, tree arena type thing. But I go and you walk in and you know it's like not like. I would like the music, but I'm not fully into that like, community of it. Some yeah. people like live and breathe it. I'd walk in and I'm a bit awkward at the start. I'm kind of like the moshing and I'm kind of like, I, I, I don't just go in there. I have to like be invited. It's like a catering, a waiter. Would you like to mosh? Will we have a table? <laughs> Nowhere. <laughs> Jump in, you know. But um, then like, you talk to one person and you're in. And then all of a sudden you're like, this is a walk yeah. Like I'm getting fit. Yeah. And enjoying myself, you know. Yeah. I'm tell you, it's, it's like a big family as well. I went to Slayer. It's like one of the most brutal metal bands yeah. people probably have heard of, let's say. And, you know, ghastly, gory lyrics and such. But I went in there and was standing beside this like seven foot biker. And he was like, you know, massive fella. And he looked a bit scary, but I was standing beside him. I was like, oh, good now, man. Yeah, good, good, good. <laughs> you were chatting away. And, like, and then the mosh bit opened up beside you and like, you know, having a good crack. But also at the same time, I think they finished the song. And everyone's just like, yeah. And I was just, I just looked around and was like, wow, I feel the love in this room. You know, just yeah. from the audience just appreciating the hell of what's going on on stage. Love that. And then Tom Maria, the, the singer, he turns around and goes, wow, guys, I feel the love in the room. I said, whoa, I just thought that. I just thought <laughs> <Yeah. stopped> that. <laughs> um, that's, oh, it's just, it gives you tingles. It's just, oh, it's nothing like it, nothing like it. But speaking of metal, we're still on the bit of music news. Of course, we had a few deaths in the music world. Sorry to bring the topic down, but it just have to be mentioned. But Joey Jardison, the drummer from Slipknot, one the, the founding drummer of Slipknot, uh, he died there at 46 or a few days ago. Poor guy. And he was an absolute phenomenal drummer. He's like, for a generation, few, like, you know, a younger generation, like, for your age, yeah. uh, anyone listening to music or listening to metal at your age, that would be their number one drummer that they would hear. Yeah. And like, he was so influential and he's absolutely kick ass drummer. Even if you don't like Slipknot, look up his drumming because it's unbelievable out of this world. And he played live. He has to have a big um, platform. Uh, his drum's on a platform and he'd be strapped into a racing seat. And this whole platform would rise and then start spinning around in 360. And all of a sudden, 
till forward so he's like 90 degrees and he's playing and it'll start twist spinning around the lights will go off and then the platform will light up and it's like a big pentagram and he's spinning around is he going mad on the drum wow. side strapped Fucking into his racing seat oh it's just insane I, the shows like that like especially with full bands yeah. like they kind of a, what's the not choreography is it what the word I'm looking for uh, like the design the theatrics of it yeah. Yeah. theatrics yeah. yeah like it's you're not just seeing music. You're there to see like a sh- fucking show. Sure. I love that bit of it. Like, yeah. I think, well, drama, drama therapy. But yeah, I love the whole kind of like stories and theatrics of it all and the show kind of bit of it, you know? Mm. So I yeah. don't know. I might get into this. <laughs> <laughs> we had one other death that was Dusty Hill from ZZ Top. He died during the as well. Obviously, ZZ Top being a great, great band, sharp dressed man and give me all your loving and touch. And all that kind of stuff. Um, but a fun fact, uh, talking about the death, of course. But the fun fact is, there were the three guys in the band, right? Two of them, Billy Gibbons and Dusty Hill, were the guys with the big beards and the glasses. And of course, um, Billy Gibbons had like a, the microfiber wash mitt, kind of a hat. Do you ever see that? Yeah. Yoke? Yes, on his head. <laughs> like he's something he used to wash a car. <laughs> and um, but two of them had big beards. But there, was only, there was one other guy and he had a mustache. And he was the only one without a beard, but his name is actually Frank Beard. There's a there's a little fun fact oh for you. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> love it! <laughs> That's brilliant. There's the death notices for the week, and uh, so we'll talk to Heather now. <laughs> you mentioned already you had drama therapy. You're yes. a drama therapist. That's your full time yes. career. Yeah, I'm a drama therapist. I graduated in 2018, I think it was. So we've been working full time for about two and a half years now. Um, and yeah, I, I mean. Do you want me to kind of say what it is? Yes, I, I was going to ask you, what is your podcast? Or your, your podcast, I was going to say your podcast. So I mentioned, I noticed you do have a podcast called Real Talk Drama Therapy. Yeah. And you had the first episode and you, yeah. were te- you were giving out about how people didn't know what drama therapy was. But then you went for a whole hour and the two years didn't even mention what drama therapy was. We're so, we're so sick of explaining it. I think that we're just like, well, because of the two of us are drama therapists. So I think the two of us were just like, no, we're just going to talk about the drama therapy that we want to talk about right now. <laughs> um, but no. You should have a card. Yeah, this is what it is. And they go, what? And even before they finish the sentence, just go. And you slam the card down and go, there you go. Read. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's it's basically a form of psychotherapy. So it's evidence-based. It's, you know, a proper form of therapy. It's just not very well known. Um, and we're part of one of the creative arts therapies. So in Northern Ireland, the creative arts therapies um, are art therapy, music therapy, and drama therapy. We're part of the, the kind of allied health professions. There's 13 of them. Um, so yeah, we, we, we use drama and theater and uh, creative methods basically to do therapy. So it's not really like a talking based therapy. So yeah. say if someone, you know, can't talk about something that's happened to them or doesn't want to, or maybe that's not their primary form of communication because yeah. lots of people's primary form of communication isn't actually speaking. Um, so yeah, it c- kind of helps you be a bit more um, inclusive, I suppose, um, because everyone should have access to the best mental health help um, that they can. Um, so drama therapy is is one form of of therapy, and mm. yeah, that's that's what I do full time, and I love it. That's yeah. love it. That's super cool. Like I, I think um, 
I think I'm not the only one here that can attest that like drama and art and all that, like it brings out so much in you. Yeah. But I have a question for you because just imagine, say I go, right? And I'm a bit nervous. Like what, what do you do when someone is, but typically with drama, like it's, it's fun, but there's a bit of you just before you, you're like, I, I don't know. No, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So what is, what is this? Like little tricks to get people to kind of more be, be more active? Or? I think the thing is you're, you're very, it's a very kind of client led process. So you're not going to be telling someone to do something if they don't want to do it. Um, and you are pretty much in charge of your own session. Um, that's the, the beauty of it. Mm. I think so. If someone's a bit nervous, it's what they want to do at that point to get them feeling comfortable is what we're going to do. And yeah, a lot of our work would be kind of like anti-anxiety kind of things like grounding work, meditations, you know. Um, yeah, just uh, we have to spend the first few weeks really um, building up a therapeutic relationship, which every therapist does yeah. with their clients. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just how how our work works. Um, so yeah, we're, we're never going to ask someone to do something that they're not completely and utterly comfortable with. So yeah, that's kind of how we'd, we did with that scenario, I yeah. suppose. That's a, that's a really good approach. Yeah. So initially when I heard that you do it, that was my thing. I'm going, well, I wonder how if someone's nervous or they don't want to do, they're like, oh, I don't want to act or I don't want to, you know do this or do that it's like how do you get them but it's yeah very true like it's almost you can almost predict what you're going to do every week because you you're building this relationship up mm. with someone and you can go okay well like we're going to here and then maybe they might have a bit of an incredible connection with you and then you can take them to here and yeah. they want to go but it's always it's always up to them we yeah. use a lot of kind of ritual stuff as well that's big in drama therapy so you know as service user or a client will always kind of know what um, structure the session's going to take. So, you know, say for instance, like for example, it could be you come in and there's a check-in, like that's one of the first things we do. Like, how are you today? Like, you know, are you okay? Has anything awful happened to you this week? Like, you know, just to kind of get that out and get into the space and you can do that in so many different ways. So, you know, like one of the things I love to do that obviously you can talk in the check-in, but then there's like other ways to to tell people how you feel. So like I have a bunch of kind of like felt colors and it's like pick which color you're kind of feeling feel connected it. to today. Yeah, like, yeah. um, then there's another one, like we work with adults and children, but you'd be surprised how adults like go into play mode. Cause mm. that's what we love. We love to play, you mm. know, I'm so lucky. My mm. job is so cool. Um, and then another one is like, we'll have like two like old telephones or something. I think I had one from like my 3310 or something from like, you know, the early two thousands or whatever. And, uh, uh, we'll, they'll phone me and tell me how they are, you know, oh, yeah. so it's um, not a direct, yeah, of, so it's, not direct, t- directly talking and they're kind of indirectly <laughs> talking to you across yeah. the room or something. Yeah. yeah. And then what's the other? There's like a touch kind of like sensory kind of check-ins. You know, I have a big bunch of keys that like colored keys that they can shake if they just want to get some like anger out or something out that they don't want to express verbally, you know, that sort of thing. So that's just like three of the things that we'll do. They can choose to do in like the first couple of minutes. And then we'll do like kind of like lighter games, you know, even like just drama based ones, yeah. if that's what they're comfortable with. Um, and then kind of go into deeper work. 
Um, so for a good, maybe 20, 20 minutes, 25 minutes of our hour, you know, it'll be the deep work that, that needs to be looked at and um, the ongoing kind of stuff. And then you'll bring people out gently, like with more little games and then a checkout. So people are very aware of the kind of structure of what happens in, in their sessions and they get to to make that structure with me, yeah. you know, so uh, they're always dictating what's happening, how it's going. It's it's a relationship. It's a therapeutic professional relationship, and we're working together, and um, and it's just whatever needs to happen at whatever point. And I think the thing with drama is that people are really, I can't do that because I'm awful at acting, or I'm awful at this, I'm awful at that, and or I'm too scared, or I'm too nervous. And the thing with drama therapy and all the creative arts therapies is that you don't actually have to show anyone anything. It's never about the product. It's always about the process. Um, so whatever comes out onto a page, say you're using drawing or whatever, that's what's meant to come out. That means something. You know, that is what needs to come out of you at that present moment in time. If we're do- using movement, like, you know, we're not going for like any sort of award winning dance or anything. Like it's yeah. it's what needs to come out of your body. It doesn't matter. No one's if it, judging. No one's, yeah. It doesn't matter if it looks it. awful. It doesn't <laughs> matter. That is nothing to do with why we're doing it, you know. Um, so once people kind of realize that that is just the method that we work and it's not actually about performing or looking good or having mm. to put on a show um yeah that's when people kind of start yeah. to work well it's, with um, drama therapy remember uh blind boy ball club on his podcast he was talking about how humans when we, we when we were kids we, we play with like a stick in the mud and we draw something or we get crayons and we get paints and we just have fun we just make something it doesn't matter what it is we just make something and then it gets to a certain age where we're kind of told oh, we have to grade that now or you have to put that away now and concentrate on something more serious and stuff like that. But generally, we, we're all better off. We just take a, you know, get a few colouring pencils and draw something down, for, you know, not for an art competition or anything like that. It's just for a nice little therapeutic release. Yeah. Well, everything has to everything has to be let out. I think this, this is the thing with society now and how it's all, go, go, go. It's like yeah. emotions like anger, frustration are like, kind of demonize like you shouldn't be angry you should always be happy mm. but we're not going to tell you how not to be angry or frustrated <laughs> you just shouldn't be you shouldn't be <laughs> but it's like shit always comes out and it comes out in like kind of abusive way that comes out in a, like addictive way and you find but it, that's technically never comes out it's always just being suppressed with these things so that's why like something is like that's why i used to have a drum kit it was really shitty but i had it and every time I was feeling not great, just yeah. go out and play drums. And it's like, you're letting everything out. But I think we're not really told that. No. You know? no. So it's like, you're happy, angry. What are you angry for? Or like, you know, kind of, it's almost like you shouldn't be. Someone like, else always has it worse than you. I hate oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that. <laughs> if I hear anyone saying that, I'm like, no, yeah. no. Everything's like, relative. That's an awful thing mm. to say to somebody, you know, like just because someone else in the world has it more rubbish than you doesn't mean that what you're going through or what is happening to you or what you're feeling is yeah. should be invalidated. You know, I I think it's really disrespectful mm. to say that to somebody. School therapists will say that. It's the only yeah. really unqualified <laughs> school therapist. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I remember I went in and I told she was also a guidance counsellor. 
And she's like, what do you want to do with your life? And I was like, I'm, I want to go to music college. I want to do music. I and I swear to fuck, she laughed at me. She was like, no, you know, there's no money in that. Yeah. You're like, fuck off. Because like, that's my sole purpose. Kill, like, his dreams, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Because I, I think music for me is a therapy in itself. If I ever feel like shit there, pick up my acoustic guitar and just batter out some chords and figure out something and like get the resonance of guitar through my body and I'm just humming and singing and I'm just, it's like a release altogether. That's yeah. my therapy. But we're told so much that we're time wasting when we do mm. stuff like that. Mm. Um, like with music, like there's no money in that or with acting, like, you know, there's no money in that either. And it's a really kind of difficult place to be. And it's like, well, do you know what? If you actually enjoy what you're doing, who are you to tell me that yeah. I can't? because you don't think it's a real job or whatever. So I think drum therapy is very good in that kind of sense because it really kind of like brings people back into that, like, what do I love? How do I express myself whenever I don't have to put on a show for anyone? You know, because I think people do in general life as well. Like, you know, you have your professional hat on when you're in work. You're not expressing exactly who you are. You know, you're always a bit kind of, a different version. Yeah. So to kind of get into that space and be like, no, it's okay for you to have crayons right now. Mm. If you want to use them, use them, you know, and whatever comes out is great. If you want to dance around the room for a while, because that's what you need to do right now, that's also brilliant. So, you know, it's, it's a very kind of freeing process as well, because a lot of adults, I think at the start are very like, oh, this is, this is stupid. This is stupid. And then once they're kind of like, what I used to really love doing this, like you can kind of see people coming out of themselves a Mm. bit more and just connecting with themselves on a level that hasn't probably happened in a good few years. So it's a really special thing to be able to kind of facilitate. And it's, it's such an honor to actually be able to be there, you know, in that space Mm. with people. So yeah. You said a great thing about something you mentioned, time wasting. And I think that's a big thing with adults, especially. Mm. And that's why we like kind of envy kids to have fun with, like, they'll find fucking, like, to have one toy. Yeah. And that's it. Or even stone and a stick. <clears throat> stone and a stick. A happy day. Happy days. <laughs> and I'm sure we all felt it through COVID. You know, when things kind of locked down and you go, okay, well, I'm going to relax. And you don't know how to relax. And you're yeah, kind of, yeah. you're, you're, you're kind of angry at yourself for not doing anything. And I, I, I actually spoke um, uh, to a therapist and I asked him about that. I said, um, and he goes, well, who are you answering to? That's the main mm. thing. It's like, who's saying you're wasting time? And I'm like, well, yeah. You know, kind of, yeah. you know, really, you're just like, oh yeah, people, people will think I'm wasting time. Just people, yeah. people, people in people, general. There are names. there and there. That's actually, that's why I call my first album, Worthwhile Waste of Time. Because I was making this album, I didn't know if anyone ever hears, but it was worthwhile to me to make this album. And even though if it was a waste of time, but it kind of yeah turned out okay, thankfully. It turned out. But it I'm like that. I can't, I can't switch off very easily in the evening times. Like I do, I come home from a day job and then do some, you know, whatever to do with music or promotion on my Instagram or whatever the hell. Then I want to sit down. I was like, I can't, like I can't watch a movie. I have to watch yeah. it in like three parts because I watch it like an hour and like, okay. That's enough for now. I've got to do something on Facebook for yeah. music. You remember that, oh gosh, I have this list of things yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really, really hard, especially I think for creative people who 
always have to be working in mm. the background as well. Um, you know, so you come home from your day job and you have another whole job that you still yeah. have to think about. And, and you also have to kind of balance everything so you don't burn out. <laughs> yeah, which I, I've done a million yeah, times. Like, and, year, yeah. and you always blame yourself. You yeah. blame yourself for it. It's mad. Yeah, you kind of get enough work done. Yeah, and you're never going to get enough work done. No No matter what you do. It's like always that point of, well, I'd get to this point, I'll be happy. Yeah. Number one, what if you don't get there? And number two, what if you get there and you're not? You're still not happy. Where the fuck do you go from there? Yeah, Yeah, sometimes I think I'm just chasing like the next thing and it's Mm. like, oh, I'll be happy when I get that. And then you get there and you're like, Oh, but what's next? Like you can't be happy where you are. There always has to be a next thing to be doing. So I think, yeah, one of the things I need to learn is actually to kind of be like, I am good where I am and like I'm doing a good job. Like I work hard, you know, but I also need to be able to sit and watch a movie yeah. without kind of doing it in three parts. Like, yeah, like you were saying, <laughs> yeah, yeah, without feeling, oh, I'm wasting time. Now yeah. I could be doing a million other things. So yeah, I think that's something that society has kind of hit yeah. on a lot of us. That's the thing as well. I think people are going to look at work now since the whole start of the pandemic and look at it differently. Like, why are we spending 40 hours a week plus in a place we don't want to be away from our families, working for someone else, where we could just do it from home on the computer or, I don't know, just different things. Like yeah. I have a job I can't do at home on a computer, unfortunately. But I'd love to even just go like a four-day work week. It's just that one extra day a week to do whatever you want to be so beneficial. I Isn't think. that in Finland? They're doing that. They're like so doing three and four today, day yeah. work weeks. And, but yeah, I think we were talking about this last night, actually. It's like the 40 hour work week is so outdated because yeah. it was with, you know, in the sixties or whatever, the, the man generally would come home to his wife who was taking care of the house and the children and everything else. And, you know, that salary, that whole salary did that whole family. Mm. And, you know, that was how they live. But our wages haven't really gone up. And everything else has. Everything else has. Now, yeah. And, <clears throat> but now, you know, women obviously have jobs as well. And like, <laughs> like more than they did in the past. And so it kind of takes two incomes to actually keep a house now. Mm, yeah. You know, whereas that and wasn't the case before. Full time incomes. Like, yeah. you know, it's not like. Not part time. And it's kind of a mad thing with all that because it's kind of going. Like, I remember I read something out, I wouldn't be able to quote it off my heart, but that 40 hour week, it's basically like a maths equation of like the way it works. If you work 40 hours for like whatever amount of years, mm. it gets you close to like have like 10 years retirement and then debt. The way it's calculated and the way obviously job and jobs are different, but the way they put in place like um, workers kind of, uh, you know, workers help or whatever they're called, you know, when you have someone in the job that looks after staff kind of well-being, the way they operate mm. and the way the 40 hour thing is basically it's programmed to get like everything they can have a worker. And then when he gets to the age, it gives them about, about fucking seven to 10 years of retirement before statistically he will die. You're gone. Will die. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And they, they didn't really adjust it. Mostly kept it like that. And we've all went, okay. <laughs> it's the norm. But this is the thing, as you were saying, like if you were walking at home on your laptop and you could, you know, you could hang out with your family more and then you're asked to go back in the job, you're like, can I not just 
stay at home yeah. and do I'll do the same yeah. job I've proven that I could do it from home I can do it at home you, <laughs> yeah. you've, you've messed up here you told me I can yeah. can I not and they're like no boy uh, well I have to keep an eye on you yeah there's no, yeah. Reason, there's no real reason but yeah. that's the thing it's like although I don't know I do maybe it's a not popular opinion but I do think there's value in a workplace and yeah I do think that we should have three and four day work weeks yes, I think a five yeah. day work week is ridiculous but no, I worked because I'm in healthcare. So I worked the whole way through through everything for the past couple of years. And everyone is like, oh my gosh, well done. Well done us, you know, well, well done healthcare workers, all the rest of it. And yes, well done healthcare workers for getting us through a pandemic. But also I swear to you, if I was told to sit at home for two years, I would have actually gone mad, yeah. like mad. I was going to ask you as done. well, there'd be a whole demand for healthcare healthcare mental healthcare service now after this oh there will yeah it's definitely growing yeah it's growing I, now, I think already. it's the kind of yeah i think drama therapy is going to be needed a lot more than it has been in the past um mm. in in the coming kind of months and years um which is which is it's an awful thing to say but it's great for drama therapy yeah. but <laughs> here we go here we go queue up bitches <laughs> No, that's no, that's not how I work. (laughs) I said it, right? Heather has nothing to do with my comments, my comments on my own. Don't worry. He's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you were telling me before you kind of had to basically kind of made your own job. Yeah. So we're not really in, we're not in the NHS in Northern Ireland. That's the National Health Service. Yeah. National National Health Service. (laughs) Thanks, Coppa. There you go. I just like pointing out things. Just in case. Ten dollars, Captain Morgan's over here. They in, teach him something down there. They do. <laughs> in Wexfordian. The Wexfordian. Land. Yeah. Um, highly cultured, I have you know. I. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'll keep him out shut. I will. So yeah, we're we're we have a few jobs in England, um, but we're not really there yet as much as we should be. And over here in Northern Ireland, we don't have it at all. Um, so you said you have a few jobs in England. A few. My brain hit dubs. So I told you said we have a few dubs. You went. Oh, dubs. I have a few jobs, and I was like, and then I'm going. What did I miss? Something? Uh, What's the no, dubs like? Jobs. There are a few more yeah. career opportunities in England, but you know, nowhere near what it should be. And then over here, we we don't have any in the NHS yet. Um. So we're working on it. We're working on it. But I think I worked so hard during my masters like nearly put myself into the ground like it was <laughs> awful um that I was so determined to have a career out of it and I was like I do not care what I have to do to get there but I am going to be a full-time drama therapist and um so I started working I had came home from Australia and I uh, started working in uh oh, yes. you lived in Australia that's a good thing to point out yeah <laughs> I lived in Australia for about three and a half years never lost the accent um, <laughs> and um G'day, mate. Yeah, that's how I signed. Signed. Oh I sign. He's so jealous of me. Oh, <laughs> so when when I knew I was coming home, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna be at? Because I can't just go home to nothing again. Like I left when the crash happened and everyone was just deserting Ireland as we tend to do mm. um, at certain points in history. 
Um, so there were no jobs over here at all. What are you laughing at? Came it's in Flannery. Right. That's what I dig. You're making these little, like, you know, these naughty jokes. And I'm just keeping me mouth shut until, <laughs> until all the proddies stop listening. <laughs> no, they have short in, in, like, attention spans. <laughs> oh, do I? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I struggled there. Uh, um, yeah, so we're waiting for them to flutter off like flies. Okay, then so we'll, then you can start being sectarian right, after. I'm going to pull the balaclava out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I'm holding it. I'm holding it over this. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so it's going to get you cancelled. It is, yes. <laughs> yeah, Only in the, the north. Got that hair in me, they're driving up now. They are. <laughs> I hear the drums. That's it, you can actually, even across the field, you can hear you all hear the, the, the drums. Yeah, the lambs. Sounds like an old tractor driving along. Except more musical. Yeah. So you have a whole <coughs> heap of orange men fitting their, what's it called? The lamb? Lamb eggs. Lamb eggs. Yeah. So, yeah. Does that happen a lot? Round summertime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like once a week or? Uh, just or a just days, depends, yeah. A few days, yeah. Just as a special occasion or a funeral. Or yeah, a, if there's something coming yeah. up. That's cool. Got to get you practicing, you know, yeah, like any performance. There you go. Turn down for what? I tell you, you are getting an education up here, so you are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that was an experience. I'd never actually, I'd been up here a few times, but I never just sat in the side and here. What's this going on here? It's like looking over his shoulder. What the heck? They're coming closer. They're coming closer. They're coming for you. This has been a trap for you, lads, actually. Echo location. Where's the dub? Where's the dub in the wax farting? We can say, Oh, we've hit a surface. There they are. There, it's like echolocation. That's what they do. That's it. Yeah, they go around. They surround us. The sense Catholic. Yes, forsaken <laughs> senses. See, <laughs> yeah. go go go. Our ears are a bit bigger. It's you black know, fan, lads. Yeah. Black fan. Oh, but that's it. Though I had, I had the lads called whenever you were up here. It was yeah. like, yeah, that's it. They'll be waiting out there for you whenever you're yeah, on your way home. Wusses. <laughs> Get out of my house. <laughs> I shocked myself. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> would, you, would you like to con- continue my story about drama therapy? Yes. That, yeah. you know? Go ahead. Go ahead. Can, so we don't I... cause an international incident. Crisis. Yeah. We start the troubles up again. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> How did that happen? Uh, the Art Saddle podcast <laughs> happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I was working as an actor over there and in healthcare as well. I was doing like support work. And so I was doing the two things separately and I didn't realize that you could actually meld them together and have a career. Um, so I, I said this a million times in, in podcasts, but this is what I actually did. I Googled the words drama and therapy and, and an actual job came up, which I was delighted about. And I decided that that was what I was made for. Um, and I knew there was a course in Maynooth at that point in Kildare. So I, when I was still in Australia, actually, I applied and, and got in. So I came home in the March and started in the September. Um, but I was working as a care assistant. So I'm in men's mental health in, the, in, in, a, in a kind of residential and nursing home, basically. And um, there's 37 service users there. So, I, yeah, I was a care assistant there. And then I went on to activities I was an activities coordinator there. And then once I graduated, um, I, I'd always said like throughout the whole thing, I was like, you know, poking head office, just going, so you're going to give me that drama therapy job then afterwards, aren't they? Aren't you? And they were like, mm. but I was, I was on a mission. So 
I kind of did out this big massive proposal and just was like, you know, this is what drama therapy is. This is why it would be really useful for here. This is what my day would look like. This is how much it would cost. This is how it would be good for the company, how it would be good for the residents, you know, all, I just put everything down on the, on the, on the, on the table basically. And I got a call into head office and they told me they were giving me a job. So, oh my gosh, I cried for about, oh my word, I cried for about two hours because what had happened was, I think it wasn't very long before that, that I got properly registered. It was an absolute nightmare for me to get registered just because of the North South kind of, you know, things. Mm. Um, <laughs> all right, Keenan. And... I'll leave it. It's a cheap show. I might be going. I have um, to use them sparingly. Yeah. And my friend Kira, who does the Real Talk Drama Therapy podcast oh, with yes. me. Getting show out there, yeah. Um, the we pub. had, I, I had written a play um, and it was pretty much about our whole experience in in the masters doing the drama therapy masters um and how it was kind of like living from home and all the rest but yeah it was it was hilarious if i do say so myself um so we did it in in a festival the five lamps arts festival in dublin so i would work towards that for ages and all of this stuff just happened all at the same time like i got my registration i got my job we'd finished our play you know and I think it was like one morning I just was like, oh my word, this has all just happened to me. And I just like sat in my bed and cried for like two hours. It was like all this stuff that I'd worked for for so long was just like, bam, 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 here you go. And I was like, wow, I'm so exhausted. I can't do anything but cry right now. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> you put the walk in. Yeah. yeah. You always say, I know it's a, I don't know, the saying up here, but if you throw enough things at a wall, eventually something will stick. Mm. Yeah. Shit out the yeah. <laughs> that's my big what's big, big belief but fucking yeah. if you just keep knocking your head off you know what i mean you'll get fucking Sick. put the walk in yeah. yeah a bit of luck yeah so that's, that's what i was doing and it worked um thankfully i'm so so lucky um so there are five of us in northern ireland i think at the minute we're really really small <laughs> um, and we'll meet every so often be like just because it can be really lonely because you know no one knows what you do and uh, no one really kind of understands it because we are small, you know, mm. so um, we're not integrated into the healthcare system at all yet. So, yeah, the five of us kind of meet and and see how we're doing, basically, and give all the news Shit. and plan yeah. things, you know, what's kind of the next kind of promotional thing that we're going to do, you know, to raise profile, all the rest of it. Um, which is lovely. Like, I'm the link person for BADTHA, which is the British Association of Drama Therapists. Um, so... There's a good bit of support from there. And then I'm also on the council of IACAT, which is the Irish Association of Creative Arts Therapists. So that's with drama therapists, music therapists, art therapists, dance movement therapists, and dance movement psychotherapists. And uh, then there's expressive therapies as well, expressive art therapies. So the five modalities kind of like, you know, that's a real kind of um, hub of support there as well. So I have communities down like, in the south, I know I should, how do I say it? In Southern Ireland. In, in Ireland. <laughs> in, in Ireland. Ireland. <laughs> and then I have like <clears throat> communities in England and yeah. here as well. So it's really important, I think, in drama therapy, if you're a drum, drama therapist, to keep connected yeah. um, because it can be so lonely and so isolating. So you need to have those little pockets of communities mm. there to keep you, to keep you going. Keep you choking, yeah. yeah. You don't want to because, yeah, if you're doing that constantly and you feel like there's no one else, that kind of understands you 
especially if people like people don't know what it is. Yeah. You know, when it's so big, like when it's so new, people are like, well, you don't even, you said therapy. I don't know the rest. And then you're, it, it, you kind of go, like, shit, but what do you meet other people that? And you go, ah, this is what I do. It. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you ever get anyone that has gone to it, that has gone on to do like acting jobs or like kind of things like that? Because I feel like that's a really good gateway, isn't it? That, you, like you might, clients? Yeah, you might realize like how much you like acting and then that. No, not really, because yeah, I think anyone who kind of comes and starts, you know, works with acting will already have been <clears throat> acting and, you know, they're comfortable with it. You know, that's something that they're used to or whatever. And that is not our, that's not our reason for yeah. being at yeah. all. You know, that's, that, that's just how we do it. Yeah. Um, it's just the art form that we use. So it, yeah, it's, it's not really like the purpose of why we exist mm. as, as a therapy, I suppose, like the therapy is why we're there. And yeah. um, that's just the cool way we get to express it. So it is pretty cool to be fair. Yeah. But yeah, like I say, you do get people kind of going, oh my gosh, I didn't know that I could do that. Mm. Um, because, you know, if people want to push themselves, they can um, into kind of uncomfortable kind of, yeah. And therapy is uncomfortable. It's always uncomfortable because you're pushing these kind of thoughts and, and things and <clears throat> boundaries that, and issues that have been in your life for however many years. And maybe you, you didn't even know they were there. Like, I know I'm in therapy. I'm touched. Like, there's issues that I'm kind of working on now. I'm like, I didn't know that was a thing. I actually didn't have a clue. And I would never have known if I wasn't in therapy, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. I just mm-hmm. think everyone should be in therapy, That's to right. be honest. Like, but um, <laughs> I think everyone benefits from therapy. Yeah. Like, everyone should try it. Even if you feel like, oh, I'm grand. You know mm. what I mean? There is, you know, there's always that, like, you know, that, you know, that part of a human, the existentialism, you know, kind of going like, comes out late at night and you're on your own and you go. Oh, the thoughts, the 3 a.m. Oh, thoughts. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> um, but I think everyone could benefit somewhere mm. or another. Yeah. And it's kind of like, there's all these different forms of therapy, like drama therapy is not for everyone. So, you know, if CBT is your thing, <clears throat> absolutely go for it. You know, if drama therapy is your, your thing, like go for it. I think you, you have to make sure that you're in the right type of therapy for you. And also with the right therapist for you, like it's really important to have a good working relationship with your therapist as well. Like someone you feel completely at ease with and yet who you trust, mm. you know, um, so it might take a wee bit of work to find the correct kind of scenario for you within therapy. But once you find it, oh my word, you're on a journey. Like, <laughs> Tell us now, to change the track for a minute, you're also a singer. Yes. I did mention that at the start. You're a singer and a, an actor of some yes. kind. Tell people what, what have you done in the past? You were in Australia, you were in War of the Worlds. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So I was an actor in Australia. I think my first my first acting gig was when I was um, when I was eight in the school play yeah. <laughs> when I was eight eight yeah. years old. Do you remember and, what you played? What you did? Yeah, I was the fairy godmother <laughs> in in Cinderella, but <laughs> I was like the shit fairy godmother. It was like different. It was a different version of Cinderella, and the, the godmother fairy godmother was just like I Protestant can't even version. I can't even like turn something. I'd like what is a pumpkin into a carriage yeah. it could do i think turn it into like something completely irrelevant i can't remember <laughs> i had a song about what a failure i was i swear that jesus was not Christ. good for eight-year-olds yeah. 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 in front of people how much of a failure <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly 
that's so that's what I'm working through now. And my, yeah. no, <laughs> that came up recently in the last session, also. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, basically, um, from then on, I went to my teacher. I was like, I loved that. I didn't know I loved that, and um, I, I started going to like speech and drama kind of ca- classes and that sort of thing. And I was so shy; I would not have said "boo to a goose" at all. Like, and you know, say "boo to the goose." <laughs> boo to a goose. And um, you know, like kids are mean, and there's bullies, and there's a lot of shite that you go through when you're a kid. Like, and yeah, there was a lot of kind of confidence stuff there, and I think drama was one of those things that just changed my life. And that is why when I realized that drama could be a therapy as well, you could use it in therapy. I was like, wow, even better. Cause I know how much it actually changed my life. Um, but anyway, that was my first gig mm. and <laughs> unpaid and uh, <laughs> exposure. You got paid in exposure. Yeah. I love it. That's how we live. But we all, we all pay rent. Yeah. Exposure. We all know that. Don't we? <laughs> that that's the currency we use. But it, to be fair, eight year old me was okay for a house. I, I had that sorted. Um, <laughs> I had a roof of my head. Um, around, yeah. So yeah, I just kind of like any time. I never took it like wildly seriously. It was just like whenever something came to me, I'd be like, yes, I'll do that. And, you know, I did the whole thing. I was like singing in church for years and that sort of thing. And uh, then I started singing at like events. Like people would start asking me to sing at like maybe weddings or, you know, different events that were, were happening for them. So I've yeah. done a whole lot of that. Um, and then I sing with Eugene as well with Copper. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, your real name has been exposed. <laughs> like, who, who's that? Who <laughs> Everyone's that? gonna spam you now. Awful <laughs> joke. Yeah, yeah. Heather sings backing vocals on nearly every one of my songs. <laughs> yeah. There's one or two without her, that she wasn't good enough. They're the rubbish but, um... ones. No, <laughs> <laughs> my joking. <laughs> but um, yeah, we've so, we've written some songs together as yet unreleased, but we're. I'm putting the, t- the final touches on them and stuff. We have a few songs written together, and yeah, and uh, <clears throat> I helped you produce your first single. It's coming out. Yeah, shooting a music video for it tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah, yeah in Wexford. Singing, yes, you're singing Laura by Bats for Lashes. Yeah, it was originally by Bats for Lashes. Um, oh gosh, that might have been early two thousands. I'm not even sure. <laughs> how bad is that um but i started singing that song in australia i used to like sing in pubs in australia every so often and um yeah my housemate actually he played and he said to me i didn't know the song he said to me heather that song i have a song that would really suit your voice so i learned it and turned out that i i just loved the song so i would have sang it every so often wherever you sang it last night and it was beautiful I, I don't yeah. think I heard it. Oh, thank before. you. Gorgeous. <laughs> Thanks. Um. So yeah, when I when I got home, then yeah, we we recorded it again. Yeah. Yeah, a few times we did like a live thing of oh, it. We've done a live kind of a version of it. Yeah. Yeah, and then we recorded it properly in Studio Lindwick Studios. Yeah. Where Where is that? In Gregnamana. In Gregnamana. Vera's Mark. Yeah. Bulger. Beautiful. Lindwick Studios in Gregnamana. Beautiful part He's of the world. A, He's in the Star Comedy Democrats, great band. Yeah, they're um, class. Yeah, check them out. Check them out. And um, so we're shoot we're shooting the music video tomorrow then, um, for Laura, and it's just kind of escalated. I didn't expect it to kind of happen, but it has happened, and I'm really excited about it. Mm. So yeah, and we're getting together with my my mate Declan. He does all my music videos as well, and uh, generally our plan for music videos like 
uh, I want to get this kind of a background and then we have this kind of shot and that kind of shot and we'll get there and we'll see what happens. Then Heather rolls up at a, a, like a, a two, three, a four page bullet pointed list. It was like almost like a storyboard of each shot and each angle. And I was like, oh my God, she's really planned this out. And there's just another story behind that. I'll let you tell that. What? Keelan's after Rob and Heather's idea. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Before no, you start having fact. a go on me, right? Which I will. I'm going to back you up on what he said. Because I do storyboards for my music videos. I think they're really good. Yeah. And it means if you even break it down in song sections, you go, what do I want in this? Maybe this is what's going to happen. But maybe I might want this. You get the shots and then you're grand. Instead of just rocking up, willy out, fucking free like the wind. That's how I roll, go- man. So <laughs> <I> roll. <laughs> willy yeah, out. Barely, so, oh, we'll film anyway. Do I need to put clothes on? <laughs> ah, give it over now. That's all. I think it's the writer in me, uh, you know, because I've written a couple of things. So, uh, yeah, I think it was like, I I want to know, like, the vibe that I want to kind of have. And it's like, it's not even that we need to follow it, like, exactly. I will be mad if it doesn't turn out exactly the way I have it written down. You know, it's just like, well, we can fall back on that if... Basically, we can copy uh, Keenan's music video for his upcoming single. Right, no, okay, I'm not letting this happen. (laughs) No. Tell us, tell us. I, so basically I just, I just written my storyboard, you know, my, my, uh, five page extravaganza, right. And I was feeling all proud of myself. I was like, oh, geez, that might actually come out all right. And then I was like, oh, just go on Instagram here. Have we scroll? Oh, what's Keenan Flannery up to the day? We music video. Love it. Love it. Let's see this. Anyway, it's literally nearly exactly everything <laughs> that I had just written down. I was like, no way. <laughs> You're getting your lawyer on you the phone. really, like, it, it's hell. Like, that's the thing. How do we manage to pull that off? The collective uh, subconscious. Or it is. Great yeah. minds think alike. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But it's so funny because you text me. No, you didn't. You sent me a voice message. And <laughs> Just you were like, off. you were in fits laughing. But it was the funny thing, funniest thing ever. And I thought, I was like, oh, that's obviously dope. But then you, like, properly told me, like, no, I literally just <laughs> finished it. No Put the pen down. I'm and not I even went joking. on to Instagram and your stupid fucking <laughs> Dublin head is uh, in water, you know, getting me yearly wash as usual. You know? <laughs> yeah. I was saying, as I said it to you last night, we should we should shoot a music video. Maybe an alternative <clears throat> version of what you're doing. We'll shoot a shot for shot mm. in the exact same place I did mine. And we just fucking mash them together. Yeah. No one, no, no, no one would know the difference. Like, oh, just yeah. be like, this is one music video. Yeah. It's just yeah. And we look identical. A lot, absolutely, 100%. Rocking that beard. <laughs> <laughs> but we're actually coming up to like the hour mark. So we're going we? to switch over to the page, as I like to call it, the Patreon. We'll go over to the bonus oh, episode. Okay. okay. So before we do, we'll have to show our socials and where people can find us. So Heather, go first. Where can people find you? Um, you can find me at Heather Tuckington Music on Facebook. You can find me at Real Talk Drama Therapy on Facebook and on Instagram. And also Drama Therapy Northern Ireland as well on Facebook. Is that, did I already say that? No, that was Heather Tuckington Music. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Fair play. Wait. <laughs> For our audio listeners, you don't need to know what Keenan was just doing. No, you don't need to know, yeah. Um, He's been brought. Come back to boy, when you ask. But listen, I'll do a gig. Sure, he'll sing your rebel songs. They're far worse than this. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll come up and do a gig. And maybe someone will be like, oh, 
Here you do a podcast now. I haven't seen it now. I was it. And I'll get a, a stern message from one of them. I know, it's all crap. <laughs> you condone my behaviour. I sure. Well, condone's a strong word. <laughs> Stop. You need to come on now. <laughs> okay, you're getting me in a pickle. <laughs> do you know what? It's okay because the lads are out there anyway. No one's ever going to hear from you again. No. So. Disappeared. Bye, Goodbye. mom. Say bye. <laughs> Say bye. Of, <laughs> <laughs> of course, you can find us on the Art Saddle podcast on uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, artsaddle at gmail.com is the email if you want to write to us, <laughs> talk to us and such. Of course, we have our Patreon, the patreon.com forward slash the Art Saddle podcast. And uh, we're going to slide over to the page, which is going to be behind this Patreon paywall, paywall as it's called. Hate that word. Don't worry, Hate because that it's word. not expensive. Not expensive, of course not. It's only one euro. One euro in a month. <clears throat> Empty your and pockets. Even if we build up a few episodes, you can pay the one euro, listen to episodes, and come off again. It's grand. It's up to yourself. That's it. You can, you can donate it monthly. So you're basically paying twenty five cents an episode. Mm. So you can drop a euro and go. Ah, you know, maybe you'll you'll like something that we talk about on the main show, and you're like, oh, I want to hear about that thing. You know. About the stories we have Human about the past, about last night. past few nights and uh, the, the fiery exit we had <laughs> on it. But um, could it sounds like I'm talking about like a, a bad shite. It could have been now. We were singing Ring of Fire last night as well. <laughs> or was it the other night before? Tell me now. I won't get into it now, but Ring of Fire is, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, um, so you can you can drop a euro, get four episodes, and then you can bounce and... Be happy out, or you could keep down any euro. That what's a 12 euro a year, something like that. Yeah, yeah. we want to keep going at this because this is going to keep going. Yeah, we're having a crack, crack. so we're going to keep going. And then obviously, you get a shout out, <laughs> shout on the out, out. Yeah. and then we're hoping, hopefully, put it down the lines like, yeah. um, and start adding and developing. Oh, you should have fucking got one of them mugs made because I remember you were asking, I should have bring it up. I, I was just thinking we should have had a mug upon <gasps> the table in front of us here. Region, I will get my hands in a mug. I will, I'll get, I'll get you one made. Yeah, mugs are exclusive to. Co- hosts and guests at the moment, so yes. yeah. we'll have to get a few made well, out. That, that thing, if you look, even the people, if anyone's watching and you want a mug, just reach out and yeah. we'll get a sorted. It's, it's, it's a deadly mug, has the logo on it. It's class. Uh, it's a pretty it's class, class mug. Yeah. Yeah. mug. Uh, well, and I know the bloke tastes better, but too. Oh, it does. Think? It tastes like pure masculine energy. Yeah, just, that's it. Yeah. If that's us, what you want. From, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> you take it or leave it now. You have to oh, sip it that's chase the, the dragon, as they say. So <laughs> we're, we're too masculine, man, aren't we? Mm. Aren't it, we? it turns your tea into your wildest dreams. Oh, yes, what yes, yes, it does. Yeah. Every bowl um, comes with two tabs of LSD. <laughs> or just a bit of hope, I don't know. We should let that for the other episode. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but uh, we're going to say goodbye for now and slip into the Patreon. Um, we'll talk to you next week. Bye from me, bye from Heather, bye from Bye. Bye. Adios.